Welcome back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike. I got my lineman Matt with me. Today we're going to go over some Blackhawks news. The Blackhawks have not played since uh, earlier in the week, so we don't have any games to cover for you. And uh, their next game is tomorrow versus, uh, who are they playing, Matt? The Devils. So, um, Dougie. And I'm sorry, they're they're playing Dougie Hamilton back from back from injury. You know, good for him. You know, it's always crazy, man. Guy gets the money bag and then goes it goes down with an injury. Yeah. You and know, hangnail. Yeah, it makes yeah. it. I mean, it just as a player, you know, that would that just sucks because it's it makes your job even harder. Not only are you trying to play for that money and be worth that money, but now you're trying to come back uh, come back from an injury. So, and then win the Stanley Cup too. And win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, you know, I mean, especially with you got Jack Hughes with you. Yeah, I mean, geez. So, Blackhawks, Jonathan Taves, Tyler Johnson, and Reese Johnson are skating. Uh, it's pretty notable because uh, Taves are skating, which means he's progressing, uh, you know, on from his concussion symptoms because hopefully, uh, you know, that concussion wasn't a big deal for him. Uh, but, you know, who knows, man? He might be he might be thinking retirement, you know, with, uh, you know, he doesn't want to get another concussion, uh, probably live out this contract and maybe call it a day. Who knows? We could talk about it. Uh, Tyler Johnson is very close to returning. And, and most notably, Tyler Johnson had the same surgery that Jack Eichel had. And the big thing with Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres was that they didn't want him to have a surgery that hadn't been done on an NHL player playing uh, during their playing career before. He had the surgery. He's back playing for the Vegas Golden Knights. And the, you know, the it's not really out yet on 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 how how the surgery is going to be. I think that it's encouraging that Tyler Johnson was willing to do it. Uh, it looks like the Blackhawks were, you know, willing to do it with him and, and they can move forward with it without this, um, you know, anything going on like the Eichel incident. So we're going to see if this is going to be a new standard operating procedure in the, in the NHL. I mean, that's what happens, you know, it doesn't, uh, you know, new things happen. Somebody's uh, more of a trailblazer down the line, and you know this could be the new thing for for guys who need to have this kind of neck surgery, this neck slash kind of uh, back surgery. Went by fast, didn't it? Like it, it felt like it, he got it, and he's already skating, and you know he's almost close. And Buffalo kind of messed up, <laughs> don't you think, with Michael? Uh, yeah, and and here's and then that's actually my point is that I think Tyler Johnson had the surgery back in. Um, November, December, had the surgery, and we're at the end of February, and he's almost back to playing professional hockey. And, um, you know, the, the talk about missing the cue on the, for the Buffalo Sabres where they could have just done this and still had their franchise player. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's head-scratching, man. Do you think that's more of like uh, maybe Eichel trying to, you know, trying to— express his dominance trying to get out or do you think it's the organization trying to say no you're going to do what i'm going to do and taking a hard line yeah i think it was egos on both ends i think right to be honest i think i wanted out and you know what now he's on a contender and he's never really had that opportunity so you know he probably jumped all over that chance um i am excited to see tyler johnson come back though he's a difference maker player that you want in the lineup every night yeah, especially if he's if he was initially playing with some ailments, it'd be nice to see him come back and and not have to worry about those type of things. So, also we have um, Kevin Lankinen is going to be coming back, uh, which is great. He the last game that he played, he absolutely stood out on his head. 
uh, for the game, and but they they're not sure when he's going to play. And there is there was an initial report yesterday that said that he was going to play either Friday or Sunday versus the Blues. It's up in the air now. They're not pushing Tyler Johnson to come back, even though that he's cleared to play, and they're not pushing uh, Kevin Lincoln in back yet uh, to um, you know to come back. So. We're gonna see where you know where he's where, when he's gonna play next, but I'm looking forward to it. I I would actually imagine Matt. Do you think that Lankinen is going to get a heavy load come the end of the season? Uh, you know what? I'd be real careful with that. I, I would still kind of ride Flurry if you're gonna keep him. Uh, but I'd like to. You know, you don't want to rush a guy. You know, coming back, especially if he's you know your future starting goalie. If he's in the you know he's in the blueprint for this with this new GM, so I would kind of maybe uh you know flip flop every night, ride the hot hand here and there, but uh, sure. yeah, I think I think I'd be very cautious with that. Do you think that Lankinen is the goalie of the future for the Blackhawks, or do you think that maybe he's kind of like a stablemate, somebody who's holding the place for who is going to be that next that next big goalie for the Blackhawks? And the reason I mention this is because I, I read an interesting article the other day about uh, pretty much Reichel and Arvid Soderblom are competing for MVP of the Ice Hogs. Uh, Soderblom had a bad outing the last time he played for the Blackhawks, but he's been really solid for the um, for the, the Ice Hogs. Hogs. Yeah, yes, yeah, he has been. Yeah. So, do you think that this guy's in the wings? You know, kind of like ready. Maybe he's going to be a backup goalie next year for the Blackhawks, or you know, maybe it's still going to be Flurry Lankinen. You know, like what do you think the deal's going to be? I think Lankinen could be the starting goalie. I think he could be that guy. I, he's he's shown shades of you know, like he's had some really good games where he could you know steal you some wins. Last season he was definitely the number one goalie. He earned the spot. Right. Uh, as for Soderblom, um, I think I would keep him down there still. Let him develop. Get like a veteran backup to uh, kind of help Lincoln it out. But uh, I, I I you don't. When you're a future guy like that, you don't want him sitting on the bench watching. You want him playing, getting reps. I think he'd be better off down there in uh, Rockford. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I would say a minimum of one more year before you can bring him up as a as a backup. I would like to see Lincoln and uh, start getting the the heavy workload. See if he can if he can handle it because that's really the big thing. What kind of goalie is he going to be? Is he going to yeah. be the type of guy who needs a night off? You know, um, you know, every, every so often, or is he the guy who is going to go out there and try and play every game like a Vasilevsky or you know Mark Andre Fleury kind of going out there and just. And just carrying a heavy, a heavy loads. I think that sooner or later, when guys carry such a heavy load, they they become uh, prone to injuries later on in their career. Maybe, you know, having two guys playing isn't a bad idea to kind of extend, uh, you know, a, a, a player's a player shelf life. Yeah, yeah, that's well said. And you know what? In fantasy world, I I would like the Hawks to maybe make a trade with the Panthers, and maybe somehow we land like a. Spencer Knight, and you have Lincoln and a young Spencer Knight kind of competing for that, you know, uh, that starting job. I think that would be awesome too, but who knows? And I have been hearing his name being shopped around for a, uh, you know, a, a top player. I don't know, like a Kubalik type of guy, even a Dahan, somebody to stabilize their their depth and stuff. But right. hey, you can dream, man. I think that that would be awesome if it if it were to happen. Let me ask you a question. If you're a young goalie, say I'm the GM, okay? Yeah. Or it's you know, just say I'm the head coach, right? 
And, yeah. you know, I, I bring you and I bring, say, uh, Kevin Lankinen into the office. And I say, all right, guys, so here's the deal. I think that you're both great. But what I want to do is I want to split the workload between you two so you guys don't get burnt out. Now, obviously, your ego is going to be like, I, I'm not going to get burnt out. I can handle it. I can be number one. Right. So. Yeah. I want you guys to split the workload. This is what's going to happen. You guys are going to get two games apiece, and that's going to be your schedule, a set schedule. Whenever there's two games, you're you're going to have your two games. So you know when the next two games up, you're going to be off. You could do like some, you know, some maintenance, you know, body maintenance or or what have you. Is that something that you think that would work for you, or do you think do you think that's something that could work for a professional goalie? Well, yeah, I think actually the. The new thing is now carrying two goalies like that, and you know right. you you earn your spot in the playoffs, and that's the guy who does the best in the season. Usually, that guy getting game one of the Stanley opening up of the Stanley Cup playoffs, he's usually the guy that's you know he's going to play the rest of the the playoffs unless he has a bad game or you know an injury or something. But yeah, I, I think that that's smart. I think with the Hawks, I think we did that in 2010 with Niemi, I want to say, and Huey. They kind of, it kind of was split until Niemi took that net over. So yeah. I think that's that's actually it's a it's a smart thing to do, no doubt. So one more thing on the injury, you know, injuries just been popping up out of nowhere, you know, for the Blackhawks. Jake McCabe is out with a apparent back injury. He only played 13 minutes in the last game, and he's typically playing about 20 minutes a night for the Blackhawks. Hopefully that's not too serious, but he will not be playing against the Devils. And uh, Juju Harkaira went under, underwent a successful back surgery. He's going to be out 10 to 12 weeks. Initially, when he got his injury, he went to go and get a second opinion on his back. He did. Uh, apparently, they pretty much confirmed what uh, the Blackhawks doctors wanted to do. He had the surgery, and he is going to be on the mend now. So hopefully, we can get McCabe back soon. Uh, he'll be Hopefully, he's 100%, number one. Number two. Uh, hopefully we can get him back because we need him. Uh, I like watching the guy play. And uh, hopefully Juju Hart, man, he's having a rough season with that one hit that he got yeah, and Chuba. and with this um, this back injury. You know, hopefully He'll be out. Yeah, he'll be out the rest of the season. Probably. Yeah, yeah. hopefully he can make a comeback next year because I like him. So here's the big news that dropped this, this week. Bobby Hall is out as a Blackhawks ambassador. At one time it was Bobby Hall... Uh, Denny Savard and Stan Mikita and uh, uh, Tony Esposito that were the Blackhawks ambassadors. And uh, obviously uh, two of them, uh, two beloved players, Tony Esposito and um, Stan Mikita have passed away. And pretty much what we have now is uh, Denny Savard. It was Bobby Hall up until the, the start of the season. Apparently this happened at the beginning of the season. And uh, they brought on Chris Chelios last year and he is a Blackhawks ambassador now as well. So, with Bobby Hall out, obviously for, you know, some things going on in his personal life. Uh, and, you know, it makes a lot of sense, you know, because it was kind of questionable why he was an ambassador. But, I mean, I get it. You know, he was a he was a great player for the Blackhawks. And I understand, you know, that's what that's what a lot of accolades are for. But, um, you know, your personal life even nowadays is is pretty important to how an organization kind of uh, puts itself out there and molds itself for the outside to see. So 
I want to talk about the ambassadorship. Now with Bobby Hall out, we've got Denny Savard. I watched him play. Uh, got Chris Chalios, who was definitely uh, in his prime when we were watching hockey, Matt. Yeah. When we were kids. Do we Red start Lee. bringing in guys like uh, Tony Amani and, you know, <laughs> maybe even uh, Steve Larmer? You know, probably the most unheralded great player that the Blackhawks have ever had, you know? Steve, yeah, 28 should be retired. Sorry, Mark Bell, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, Steve Larmer was a beast for the Hawks, man. I think he had like 500-something games. and uh, I, No, no, I'm sorry. Four, what was it? like? I thought he thousand, had like... No, he, no, I'm sorry. I meant goals. I think he had 400-something yeah. goals with the Blackhawks. Yeah. And then over 1,000 or almost 1,000 games, I think. And like then he straight. Ended up, yeah, yeah. It was like an, an Ironman streak. Right. And uh, it was good to see him... You know, he got traded to uh, New York that year. They won the cup, and he yeah. he was able to get his name on that cup. He would be a great ambassador. Tony Amani, he's one of my favorite Hawks of all time. Uh, Eddie Belfour, obviously my other favorite. Uh, yeah, it's guys like that. I mean, we're, we, what do we got? Two ambassadors now? It's just Savvy and Shelly, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we got we to gotta fill that roster up a little bit because two guys just— uh, I don't know what they do, but <laughs> sometimes they show them on the the jumbotron and they wave right. and stuff. But it's cool when they're you know walking around. You could maybe get a a quick pick or an autograph or something. But I, I know Tony Amani is a head coach at his former high school, or uh, it's actually an academy. He's actually a head coach there, so I don't know if that would work out. But right. obviously, uh, Jeremy Roenick would be a good pick, but he's too. Um, Outspoken for this, yeah, and I love the guy. He's great. I think yeah. he'd be a great. I think he'd be a great uh, analyst between the boards, like Colby yeah. Cohen did that one game. I'd love to hear what Ronick has to say. You know, he was he's great. Yeah. Uh, so who knows, man? But Belfour, he's got his whiskey business, and it's <laughs> there's not really any other Hawks that come to mind. I mean, maybe Eric Daze. He he was a he was a career Blackhawk. Uh, he had some good seasons. He was an all-star MVP one year, I remember. Uh, you know, there's 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 some candidates out there, but you know, when the names we just mentioned were like the, the popular ones, you know, back in the 90s. Oh, fuck it. Let's get uh, Sergey Krivokrasov, see if he'll come back. Krivo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it would be a good idea. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure what they do is they kind of walk around, interact with the fans. They sign some stuff for, for fans. Yeah. You know, but I mean, these are guys that were, you know, staples of this team, you know, back in the 90s, you know, and, and these were big names for for this team that we really liked. You know, I mean, even if we can get uh, Jeff Hackett. Yeah, man. <laughs> Jeff Hackett, man. Yeah. I loved his helmet. You know, I, I love this helmet. I know we didn't have Dominic Hasek long, but it would be pretty cool to see him win a Hawks jersey again. He was yeah. one of the best goalies of all time. I can't Kinda believe the Hawks had him and Belfour at the same time. And uh, Jimmy Waite, I think. He was a pretty good goalie back in the day, too. We had three good goalies yeah. at one time. So interim GM Kyle Davidson has been taking calls from teams about multiple Blackhawks players, including the likes of Brandon Hagel, Dominic Kubelik, uh, Carpenter, Dylan Strom, Mark Andre Fleury, and Calvin DeHaan. Now, out of these players, uh, obviously, I want to keep Hagel. I'm really on the fence with Kubelik because uh, maybe he's just having an off year. I mean, it, it could be it. Maybe there's just too much drama going on with the organization, and he's just having a, a rough year. Uh, I would probably—I'm ready to move on from Carpenter— you know, Dylan Strom, you know, I just don't know who's going to show up. And Marc-Andre yeah. Fleury looks like he's trying to play out his playing days. So um, out of everybody, probably Calvin DeHaan, I think, will be moved. 
just to make room for some of these guys we have in Rockford so that they can come up, you know, Alec Regula looks good, man. He yeah, looks I like, like him too. He looks like a good player, and he wasn't even on my my radar. Um, obviously, Ian Mitchell has, has has taken big steps this year. We've still got Wyatt Kalanick that wants to get another crack at it. And, um, and you know, we, we've got guys that are ready to come up, man. And, you know, I think Calvin DeHaan is kind of just taking a spot. Um, Gus is taking a spot uh, as of right now, you know, and we can put, you know, two of those guys and move them up in there. Uh, who do you see being moved? I would keep Hagel. That's, that's it. I'd let okay. everybody else go for picks. Prospects, because um, I I think Dylan Strom he's having a good turnaround this second half of the season I guess the beginning of it, but uh, like you said there there's too much unknowns with him he's too streaky and who knows if he's gonna I think he's getting paid like three point eight mil three point five he might want a little bit more and I no I mean way. I don't want to pay that guy more and when we can you know save it for. You know, if we have somebody better coming up that we have to pay or even a top free agent we can grab. But uh, Hagel, definitely he's worth keeping at his cap hit. <laughs> I mean, one point whatever it is for three years, uh, we are, we're making out on that. I hope he can get 25 goals. That would be a big accomplishment for him. But uh, try to get picks and stockpile prospects and get ready for next year because that's what we got to look forward to. You know, when it comes to Dylan Strom, here's my problem. It's like we have, we've got a game. We're down four to three. We need a goal, and we can't get one. We're getting blown out. You know, four to one, five to one, and Dylan Strom scores. That's the only time yeah. that the guy freaking scores, man. You know, it's true. Yeah, and it's like it's like he never. We can never get that goal. You know, when we really need one, it's a, the, the whole team. I mean, sure, we can't, sure it yeah, is. We, we got to get we got to get on the same page and start putting goals in like like five goals a game not one two and we're getting outshot pretty bad here and there but yeah they, they got to get on the same page we need our goalie to step up at the same time we need our defense to play and our we need our goal scorers to score we can't just rely on flurry and win one nothing all the time and or two nothing we we, we got to get on the the same winning page you know, talking about Dylan Strom scoring, something I wanted to bring up was that the, on the new Blackhawks power play one unit, they're going to have Kubalik and uh, Kubalik and uh, what you call it, man? I can't think of his freaking name right now. The cat on oh the on, shooters uh, yeah. as shooters. They're yeah. going to move. They're going to move uh, Kaner to the wing instead of having him on the right side, and they're going to have Doc up front or moving around around the net. Uh, to dish the dish the puck out because Doc can pass. I think that he's got really great passing ability, and they should give him an opportunity to kind of just uh, maybe set up some goals if he can to to either Kubalik or 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 Debrinket. They both have killer shots, and and Kubalik needs to get going. Yeah, that guy just he just can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. I don't know what's <laughs> up with him. I, like going back to the last topic, I think somebody might want to give him a look at the deadline too. Yeah. Because he does have a good shot, but his problem is he's not accurate. And yeah. But when he gets a hold of that thing, it's hard for a goalie to stop that. If it's coming full speed, he's got a great release. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out, putting those types of guys on the sides and having Kaner do his thing. But Kaner is not Kaner is good at keeping the puck away from a guy. He's not that good at winning board battles. Right. You, you kind of need a guy like Hagel. 
yeah. uh, like even Kershev, who can, you know, get on the boards when they got pressure on him and come away with the puck. Right. Kaner has never been good at that. Kaner is just good at keeping the puck. Right. Or moving it. So we'll see how this, how long this experiment works out. Yeah, I'm curious to see. Uh, lines at Thursday's practice were Jabrinkit, Strom, and Kane on the first line. Kubelik, Reichel, and Hagel at uh, line two. Kurashev, Doc, and Borgstrom on line three. And we've got Entwistle, Carpenter, and Lafferty on line four. I kind of like this uh, Doc-Kurashev line. But uh, obviously Doc's on the third line because he needs help putting face-offs. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, he can... Uh, if he can work on that, man, I mean, he, I think that he's, he's worth it, but his, yeah. his, he's just so bad at the dot. Should we bring Yannick Perot in and just wear <laughs> 77 and then jump back off? Right. <laughs> that so that we'll, guy was a beast. So we'll see how these lines go. Um, I, I mean, I think that they look okay. I like Kurashev, man. He just needs a role, you know, and he needs a, yeah. a specific role that he can just go in there and do that role. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like him. Like I said, I, Last year, when he first started, this guy was had two guys on him along the boards, and he'd come away with it and feed Kaner yeah. or uh, Suter, and they'd bury it. And right. that, that's huge. He hasn't really been doing it much, but I know they did send him down and kind of was a little wake-up call for him. But he's been okay. Like you said, if they plug him in the right spot, I think he's, uh, he's going to uh, be okay. Right. So, moving on to some NHL news, the... Um, well, something I wanted to bring up was the media asking Alex Ovechkin things about Russia or sp- specifically Russian players about what is going on with Russia and the Ukraine and kind of how I think that people have just gotten, you know, just so um, just so blind to what things are like in other parts of the world that they think it's like that everywhere. They're, they think that it's like it is in America everywhere. So, yeah. for instance, you know, someone from the media asks Ovechkin something about Russia. If Ovechkin says something that's not along the line of what Russia wants to hear, I mean, they could take his family. They can seize his funds, you know. And, you know, as a quote from a quote from Twitter was, Ovechkin realizes that even though he spends his time, makes his money in the U.S., the Russian security service knows where his grandma lives. They know what bank account he uses. They know where he keeps his DACA. If he strays (laughs) off the path, man, they can do whatever they want to you in Russia. And they will. And they have done that to people. And it's not like that in the United States. Um, you know, it's been there have been some disconcerting things that are happening in Canada. But as far as the media, I think that there's a responsibility that we have that we need to be aware of some of the questions and things that we're asking players and not putting them in a, in a bad position. You know, say like Panarin or, or Malkin, you know, what do you think, Matt, of, 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 of reporters trying to bring these kinds of issues into hockey when really we should just be talking about hockey. Yeah, uh, that's exactly it. Let's talk about hockey. If you start getting political, you're going to piss off 50% of your fans because usually that's what it is. And uh, I, I can't stand the media. I don't like any writers. <laughs> I I listen to podcasts, you know, just regular guys like us and getting opinions. I, I don't really, aside from Theo Fox, I don't like these. I think every one of these guys have an agenda to make the story, you know, get getting more views and 
get, getting all kinds of this stuff. I mean, it's what's going on in Ukraine. It's it's terrible. I you know, and I mean, what kind of question is that? Like, what what do you want the guy to say? Oh yeah, I'm happy they're they're invading a a pretty much a defenseless kind of country. I mean, it's just it's it's kind of dumb. So ask the guy about his goal scoring problem, you know, or what what are the Capitals got to do at the trade deadline? Let's let's talk about hockey. <laughs> I agree, one hundred percent. So, the Habs have won four in a row. Uh, Cole Caulfield is on red hot since the coaching change. Um, St. Louis was his idol growing up. This could be a good coaching choice for next season. It's been helping their future star pick it up. Considering Cole Caulfield got sent down <laughs> to yeah. their, their minor league affiliate early on in the year, and he was playing in the Stanley Cup Finals last year, I'm sure that was a bit of a kick in the balls for him, to be honest with you. And I think that it, uh, I don't want to say woke him up, but you know we, we have to keep in mind he is still a kid and he still has some development to do have you been keeping track of a Cole Caulfield yes so with the old coach he only had one goal and uh since St. Louis I know they lost three in a row and then they won four in a row so but this kid is he's getting points every game he's scoring some big goals and him and Suzuki are like you know like the next two pieces and I think this is a good move for uh, Montreal. This guy is uh, helping their stars perform, and now they got to build around these two guys because they're getting older, you know. But um, I, 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 at first, I was like, "Wow, this this guy has never coached a game, you know, maybe a high school game or youth hockey, but never in the NHL." And it seems to be uh, working out for these guys. And I know you want to keep your stars happy, and if they got a guy they want to play for, it's nothing but good things. And finally, um, you know, I want to talk about Jonathan Huberdeau. He's Matt's MVP so far. <laughs> Are there any other, say, I would say that Jonathan Huberdeau, we've said it before, that he's a uh, low-key superstar. Are there any other guys that are low-key superstars that that kind of uh, stick out to you that not many people talk about? I know goalies don't really, like, I mean, if we're, we're talking about the heart, which is the MVP, I, I think that, Freddie Anderson, man, I mean, it's pretty impressive. He was on, you know, the Maple Leafs last year, and it didn't work out, and they kind of ran him out of town, and he, you know, he took a chance with the Hurricanes, and I think he's been good, man. And he's kind of like, he reminds me of what Saros is for um, the Predators. If you took this guy away, the Predators would be an AHL team. Yeah. And, I mean, if... The way that Freddie Anderson's playing, he's, I mean, he's a good goalie and he has a good team in front of him. He, I think he leads the league in wins. I think he's, I think he's 27 wins or something, but this is a guy I thought he was kind of done. I'm like, this, he's just going to sign with, you know, the, the Hurricanes to maybe back up Ranta or maybe lose the job to Ranta, but he, he ended up taking it and going with it. So I think he quietly could be an MVP candidate too. Okay. And Pecorino is getting his jersey retired tonight. Um, great career, man. I thought yeah. that he was a Hawk great killer. goalie. Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, he just ran into the Hawks in the playoffs. Yeah. They were red hot. But uh, his last year, he he did score a goal against the Hawks, which is pretty <laughs> impressive for a goalie to do. I know Igor uh, Shesterkin went for an empty netter a couple nights ago, and he just missed. But, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. He uh, Number 35 is going up tonight against Dallas, and... Nashville, man, they they do good with goaltending. They they had uh, Thomas Focun at the start. They had 
you know, Chris Mason was a good goalie. Dan Ellis was a good goalie. And Pecorine obviously took it for a while. Now Saros, geez, I mean, some of these teams just luck out with goaltending. Even like the Rangers, you know, Mike Richter, Lundquist, and then uh, now Shesterkin, who's a very good goalie too. So, And you can I'm even wishing, say their backup Gorgachev or Gorgiev is, yeah. is, is good in his own right. Yeah, and he's another name that we're hearing about, too, at the trade deadline. People uh, are asking about him. And, hey, honestly, if I'm Edmonton and I want to get, you know, don't want to give up a lot, I maybe give that guy a shot. You never sure. know. Sure, 100%. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into that up right now. No, 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 no. All right, everybody, that's all that we got for you tonight. Do us a favor. Hit subscribe if you have not already. Uh, check us out on Twitter. We'll get back at you. We love to talk to people on there. And we'll catch you on the next one. This is the Tomahawk, and we're out of here.